Welcome to the Cowichan Performing Arts Center podcast. My name is Ashley Daniel Foote. We are coming to you with an interview with Cowichan Valley raised singer extraordinary Eve Daniel, who's had an amazing career singing for the Queen, performing at the last night of the proms, and she's giving a concert online on October 1st at 7.30 p.m. at cowichinpack.ca. I talked to her for half an hour. Hope you enjoy the conversation. Eve Daniel, tell us a little bit about how you came to be here. Music was just because I had a musical parent. And she said she was going to put all of her children into music. And, you know, every I think everyone should have access to music. It will not click for everyone. But it clicked for me. Uh, music became an invaluable outlet, a high achieving child, intense child. Um, and music just gave me somewhere I could relax and calm down and be really present just with myself. I also had a support system that was really cherished and valuable to me. I had a teacher who was the perfect fit for me and could provide me with all the education I needed, but also you know, the one-to-one connection side that is so special with music lessons. And I just kind of never stopped. I get asked fairly often, why opera, how opera? And the answer was, well, it was just the hardest thing. And I was really enjoying the technical challenge. So the further I got into music and the harder I looked for something that was really difficult and could I figure out how to do it, the answer was just opera. Hmm. Yeah, you kind of end up, I mean, I love stage. I love doing musicals in high school, all of that stuff. I love performing, but the further and further it went with, could I learn how to make my voice do this? Is my voice capable of doing that? Because of course, every voice is so individual Mm. and I wanted to know my personal voice. All of a sudden I just found myself in the world of opera. And loving it, loving the costumes, loving the staging, loving the stage fighting, loving the <laughs> all of it. It really fit. Don't get me wrong. If I'm in the car, I have top 40 playing. I can <laughs> sing. You know, I, I will sing along with all the words to Kanye West or Britney Spears there or Katy Perry. Um, but if it's for me and my voice, where I'm going to find my reward is in the hardest thing I can track down and figuring out, could I could I actually make that work? And if so, how? As for the island, I ended up back here because uh, COVID. It was but you, 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 grew, you grew up on the island. Yeah, you, I you, grew you, up on the island. Sorry, yes, yeah. absolutely. I ended up back home on the island in this moment because of COVID. Otherwise, and where, were you, where were you before? Where were you before before you came back to the island this time? The That contract was a British tour of Don Giovanni. Okay. We made it to performance 17 out of 20, which was oh, great. Boy. I had a lot That's of colleagues. Oh, it was great. I had a lot of colleagues who got through the rehearsal process just in time for COVID to block opening night. And oh. of course, in opera, you often don't get paid for rehearsals. So you've just put in two years of training, if not more. You've put in four weeks of rehearsal, paying for the rental to be near the rehearsal unit, all of your coachings, and you get nothing back, which is, uh, it made me very grateful seeing all of my colleagues all around the world that I was in Canada where we had financial support for people whose careers had just face planted into the dirt. Right, right. 
But prior to your tour and your, your work in England, tell us about how that came to be and you studied studied where and how did this all, sounds amazing. Yeah, it, uh, it was a, something I will always be very grateful that I got to do. So years and years and years ago, we're probably talking 10 years ago now, I was doing a summer program in classical music. There's this big culture of summer programs, especially in North America, where we finish university by the end of April, you know, four months before September rolls around again. So heaps of singers will go off and do a month long intensive or a two month intensive. I happened to go to one on the East coast of Canada called Opera on the Avalon. Amazing teachers, a lot of the faculty because the East coast, St. John's is so close to New York. A lot of the New York teachers came up. So we had teachers from the Curtis Institute, from Juilliard, from the Manhattan School of Music. Um, and one of them pulled me aside and just said, you can't, A, you have to go back and get your master's. Mm. Like you have to keep pursuing this. You have to go to a big center. You need to come to New York. And I was like, oh, oh my. That's, <laughs> oh, that's a lot of information to take on. Yeah. So I started looking into it and I said, well, if, if New York is the answer or if New York is what's been posed to me, Maybe I'll look at London, too, because it's the other big international center where I don't have to worry about language barriers because I'm a total wimp for speaking second languages. Hmm. And uh, I looked at London and London ran on a different schedule. So they had their auditions and had made offers before L New York was even accepting applications for auditions. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, I'll still do both. I did all my applications, I got all my videos done, sent all my videos in, flew out to London, did all my auditions in this hectic week. Um, and I had an offer I liked mm. at a school I really liked. And I just decided that was the place the to one. go and just started focusing. That was called, it's uh, the Royal Academy of Music. There are three oh, excuse people. us, that's fancy, very oh. fancy. Yeah. Well, they all, it's Britain. They all have royal in their yeah. name, it's fine. <laughs> um, so there are three big conservatoires in London and they're very, uh, there isn't, I won't say any is better than the other. It's all about finding the right fit for the individual. Mm. And the Academy was just the right fit for me. Uh, it's a big, pretty building that I, like I was, amazed by the architecture and the massive like stained glass windows when you walk in like it's very pretty and then when I arrived I got a coach who was a fabulous fit for me and just believed in what I had to offer as an artist um, it was very clear when I arrived that I was arrived that I was accepted at the bottom of my year for sopranos we had a very tiny year there were only five sopranos in my year Mm -hmm. And I was the only one who wasn't given a scholarship. Oh, wow. So it was very clear from the very beginning that I had work to do. And, oh, my goodness. Uh, it was amazing how quickly a lot of faculty were to dismiss um, a North American. Really? And really? a North American woman. Yeah. Oh, my so goodness. I had a lot of work to do. So what is, how does that manifest itself? Like, how, what was the moment when you saw something like that? What would that look like? Uh, you just don't get offered to do anything. So we would have concerts. And other people would get invited and I wouldn't be asked to sing. What? And we would have moments where people were getting showcased and I would always have the most, um, the, the shortest moment to offer in that showcase. Like mm. just little things like that. Mm -hmm. um, 
And you also just notice like who's getting talked to after concerts and who are the teachers engaging with. And it's fine. It's music. Music is so based on opinion and personal taste. And there is not a singer in this world who everyone likes. And so you you know that there are people who you are going to be their cup of tea and there are people who you aren't going to be their cup of tea. Mm. That's fine. There aren't enough hours in the day to work with everyone. You don't need everyone to like you. But I was very lucky that I had this one coach who really liked what I had to offer and really believed in me and vouched for me and got all the other faculty on board. And it meant that I went from bottom of my year in 2012 to full scholarship in 2014 wow. and winning the graduation prize in 2016 for my year. That's so amazing. So, well, so much work. And so much, so much work. Yeah. So much work and really rewarding. And yeah. don't get me wrong. Like I didn't expect to win that graduation prize. I was mm -hmm. shaking. I just started wow. shaking when they announced my name, but <clears throat> it was, it was a really rewarding project to take on because there's so many people to support you and the harder and further and deeper you're willing to go, the more people are there to show up and support you and work with you and figure it out with you. And oh, I loved, I loved being a student. And even though being a student is really difficult, at times there's a lot of pressure, there's a lot of demand, I will always be really grateful that I went to that school. That was the right, the academy was the right fit for me at that point in my life with that faculty. I loved it. Amazing. And I can't only imagine that what's come next. You 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 performed at the last night of the proms. Tell us yeah, about so, that. Tell mm -hmm. us about who else you performed for. <laughs> so the, the fun thing about being, yeah. The fun thing about being in a like a, a high profile school is that you get high profile people watching. So we would have concerts where Elton John showed up or Ian McKellen showed up. Like, you know, wow. that was, those were our professor's friends. And so not only are you working with really interesting people, all of a sudden you're in the world, the realm of super famous and successful performers. Um, you also get, of course, all of the top professionals in the industry. So um, you get casting directors, you get um, executives from different companies. And what I didn't realize after like this one performance, and this is the weird thing about being, in, being a performer, is that I came off stage after a set of scenes we were doing at school and I was like, oh my goodness, I messed it up. Will I never get anything mm. right? And you know, in my world, I was sitting there thinking that didn't go how I wanted it to go. Mm. I was supposed to do better than that. And then out of the blue, I get an email from someone saying, may I have a recording? I'd like to put you forward for something. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh yeah, sure. I know that person. She's great. She's really nice. She's so supportive of young singers. That's like her, the focus of her career is young wow. singers just wow. coming out of training. <clears throat> so I sent her a recording and she was like, you know, nothing may come of this. And I was like, that's fine. I'm flattered you asked for a recording. Here you go. <laughs> and then a few like weeks, I think it was later, I just get an email from the BBC being like, confidential, confidential, confidential. <laughs> and I open it up and I look at this email and I like, 
I was so green, Ashley. I didn't know anything mm. when I went over to England. And I was like, wow. Oh, the the prawns, I've heard of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, at the Royal Albert <laughs> Hall. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. And so I went over to my coach, this coach who had had my back since nobody thought I was anything. Mm. And, I up and I was like, hey, look at this email. And I showed him the email. And it was one of the few times in his life he was speechless. Wow. That's incredible. It was it was such an honor. Like you just sit and you're like, I'm just a like a kid from a small town who has been dumped in the middle of this big city. Wow. Overwhelmed, wow. feeling a little bit adrift. And all of a sudden you're connecting with a company who says, Hey, we've seen what we what you do and we like it. And you're like, well, why does the BBC know I exist? How <laughs> does the BBC know I exist? Mm. And you just feel very, very honored. And you just hope you do it justice. It was, it was extraordinary on stage because it was, I was one of 16 young artists <clears throat> who were chosen to sing this piece with text by Shakespeare on the most likely anniversary, or I think they do know, the anniversary of Shakespeare's death. The piece was written specifically for the proms. It was just like a nice way to tie all of these special interest moments together. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I was standing on stage and you're, you're in this room with like, I think it's something like 8,000 audience members. It fit into wow. the album. Wow. And you know that it's being broadcast internationally. I know that my family in New Zealand was watching. I know yeah. that my family in Canada was watching. And I just remember standing there and of course your performer's brain goes, hey, this could all go really wrong. <laughs> and, you just, yeah. and I remember just having this feeling of going, no, it won't. This won't go wrong. It really won't go wrong. And you stand there in this massive space, but because the stage lights are on you, you can't see how big the space is. Hmm. So it feels really intimate. And the energy at the last night of the proms, I mean, there were people there with like, inflatable toys and everyone was in wow. costumes it's such a big celebration so the energy in the room is bonkers and i was standing on stage thinking this feels as intimate and as supportive as performing in a living room i mm. really like i know that these massive cameras are in your face like these huge cameras on these big electron like arms moving around and but you're like no this just i think i'm just singing with my friends I'm singing oh. with my friends and my colleagues on stage, and it's just an intimate chance to share some music I love. How amazing. Um, it was really cool. It was one of those moments where at the end of it, I had that little thought in my head of, remember this and hold on to this. This is a once in a lifetime. No just kidding. store this away. Um, and I think the commentators, I was watching it back and the commentators were like, oh, look at the smiles on those singers' faces. <laughs> like, well, yeah, because I was storing away a memory and it was, it was the moment to store it. But then off the heels of that, which off the heels of that, of course, came other work. Um, there were some contracts that came out of it. There was some work with the Canadian embassy and the New Zealand embassy, because my That's mother is well. an immigrant. Yes, ah. yes, yes. Also, your mom, we have to mention your mom because she is well known in the in the Valley. Tell, tell us. She is, well, she's, my mom's Trisha, Trisha Daniel. Yes. And just yes. someone who 
has been showing up for the music community and a part of the music community for over and over a again. Long, long time. And loving yeah. it. She loves music. She loves yeah. sharing music with young people. She loves facilitating music at all ages of life. Yeah, she's fabulous. Like, she's she's the reason all three of us, um, uh. all three of us kids got training in music hmm. and is the reason why I I mean she's the reason why I have the training I have partially Amazing. because I don't know if I ever told you this Ashley. my mom was I wouldn't call her a stage mom but my mom had high <laughs> expectations and uh she expected me to achieve to my potential which was exhausting at times hmm. but she expected that and um <laughs> she was like, you're going to do your piano diploma. And I was like, no. I've, I've had some, I had had some really bad experiences performing piano. I was like, I yeah. think I'm ready to stop. I'm like starting university and singing. I think I'm ready to be done piano. I'm for familiar now. with this feeling. Yes. And she yes. goes, I've signed you up for the exam. And if you <laughs> fail, you have to pay me back. <laughs> so wait, was this your ARTC that she signed you up for? Yeah, this was the uh, oh, the RCM's okay. associate diploma, which oh, is like oh hour-long memorized yes. recital. Forget like it would be fine yeah. if it didn't have to be memorized, but it had to be memorized. An hour-long piano recital with the highest level of difficulty music. It had to be memorized. And uh, yeah, cue me having like, and I had been doing nothing the year before. I was like, working towards my ARCT and I like learned a song and a half like I was dragging my heels so hard and so my mom was like well you're signed up now and I was like what no <laughs> cue like six hours of practice a day until the Worst. exam happened no kidding, no kidding. <laughs> talking yeah, yeah. Of, of proud moments for your family there must have been when you were you mentioned working with the embassy you performed for well Tell us. I, yeah, wow. Um, 2017, of course, Canada was the Canadian government, because I am very aware and want to acknowledge that it is a complex thing to discuss when Canada was created. Hmm. Uh, and rightfully so, and is something that we all should be participating in the conversation about. Yeah. At the time, the government was saying, hey, it's 150 years since... Canada's government broke away from the British government. Um, we want to celebrate that. And they said, oh, well, we're having Canada Day celebration at Trafalgar Square. Can you come and sing O Canada? And I was like, yeah, sure. The, the person who was in charge of the embassy at the time, or the high commissioner, I don't know if she's in charge, but um, her name was Jan Charette. She was awesome. She was the sort of person who yeah. you're like, I don't know if I want to hang out with her at the embassy or if I just want to go like, hang out with her while she's drinking beer and watching a hockey game. Like, well, you know, she's also very, like, connected, and she's a former clerk of the Privy Council, if I'm not mistaken. She was, yeah. yeah. And just an incredibly nice, high up, down-to-earth mm. colleague. Mm. She was a joy. Uh, also, one of her um, nieces is an opera singer, so she also gets that side of things. Um, but she's just, she's just great. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll come and work with her. Let's do that. And they go, okay, well, if you're coming for July 1st, are you also free on the, like the 17th? I think it was <laughs> what for. And they were like, we can't talk about it. And I was like, well, that's annoying. Don't ask me to like come and do something that's top secret. And I'm, I'm not allowed to know about. So on July, I was like, yeah, sure. What do you want? They're like, we want Canadian music. We want you to sing mm. the national anthems. Can you pick some Canadian songs? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Okay, who do I want to 
stand up for on a on this sort of platform. And so I chose a piece with text by Emily Carr that was written by a Vancouver Island resident. And I picked a French Canadian poem that had been set by a Vancouver um, composer, also a woman composer. Like I was trying to figure out what platforms I wanted to vouch for in this moment. And uh, so I picked my songs and then I got this email from the embassy going, no, 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 that's too long. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'm like reshuffling the time. And I was like, this is getting frustrating. What is this event? Oh no, we can't tell you. <laughs> okay. So on Canada Day, I'm getting changed in the offices because there's like mm. they just let me into the embassy and they're like, go change wherever you want. And I'm like, okay, cheers. So I'm like getting ready and I'm like in the office and I look down at the desk and it was like, you are invited on July 17th in the presence of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth. And I was like, ah, that's why they're not telling me anything. Wow. Because wow. it's the queen. The queen, it was, literally. It was the queen, yeah. Um, with Prince Philip, he hadn't retired yet. Okay. Wow. And uh, it was still, I was frustrated where I was like, hey guys, if it's this high profile, you have to tell a performer. Like, she needs to go into this knowing who she's performing to and what's going on and why. But... In the end, I went through with it. I went through with it because wow. I knew how much it would mean to my family. And sure enough, my family all cried. Of like, course. Yeah. I, I forgot to tell them about it because that's the other thing in London. Like, you're just so busy and you're on a different time schedule and everything's crazy. And so my sister ended up telling my family about it. <laughs> and she said they all just started crying. And I was like, oh, well, that's nice. Oh, um, wow. And of course, you get the, like, you get the invitation, the royal invitation to mm. meet the queen and I lent that to my grandma so my grandma could have it at her group home for a while. And oh, she framed it and of course she did. would cry yeah. about it when she would tell people about it. Oh, how special. Now it's back at my mum's house hanging on the wall. And once again, like, it's just <laughs> one of those, like, weird yeah. little quirks where you're like, this is a neat little piece of paper and I'm glad I had that experience. The day itself was rather strange because, of course, you're in this room with extraordinary people. There was an astronaut there who was probably younger than I am. And she yeah. was also a professor at Cambridge. And you're like, wow. okay, cool. Okay, goodbye. Um, yeah. And there was like designers from the top of their field from Toronto, like fancy, glittery people all at the tops of their profession. And bodyguards and ladies in waiting. And the queen, who's this pint-sized little nonogenarian, but sparkly. Like, she walks into a room and you're like, oh, it's like she sparkles a bit. <laughs> um, it, wow. was, it was just a very great. surreal but very uh, lovely moment to try and contribute something to and to get to vouch for the artists who I think really deserve the platform, both mm. Tobin Stokes, the composer, and Emily Carr, the librettist. Like, mm. it was a joy to contribute to, and it is something that I will always be a little bit... I don't know, kind of in in disbelief that I got to have it. Of course, the I, I think I told you this the other day, but the real kicker was at the end of it all, the queen tweeted about meeting me. <laughs> which I was like, no, no, honey. Like, right. I'll tweet about meeting you. Like, this right. is not the right way around. And there's just hmm. this tweet at the end of the day being like, well, today. Her Majesty met Eve Daniel. And That's I was amazing. like, no, 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 That's no. That's amazing. <laughs> Bless your hearts. That is not the way around it goes. 
Uh, you, you mentioned just a moment ago that you you advocate and you share a variety of different composers. And in the recital that you're performing online, that's going to be available on April. Oh my goodness, October first. October first. Wow, we're gonna. <laughs> that's look. It's been a day. Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> I mean, that is a sad comment to make at 10 a.m. You poor thing. <laughs> Anyways, October first coming up soon. You have a recital of all female composers, and some some of some of the composers are actually based. On Vancouver Island, tell us yes. tell us about the repertoire, but tell us specifically about about how you pick these 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 composers. So, like a few years ago, I um, finally got into Clara Schumann. Now, Clara Schumann is a great. I don't know why it took me so long, and probably back in like 2012, like eons ago now, one of the professors said, "Hey, you should specialize in women composers," and I was like, mm, "No." And I just kept doing my thing. I was like, I do Mozart and blah, blah, blah. So these years later, and I kept coming back to this Clara Schumann song being like, oh, it is so good. Let's program it in. So Reiki Avenant, my much cherished colleague and I, um, we, we did this program where it was uh, half female composers, half women composers, and half the standard, like Strauss and Mozart mm -hmm. and, you know, the, the big hitters. And after that, I was like, oh, I really like performing the Schumann. And, ah, there's so much of it. Like, in the scale of things, Schumann only wrote 30 or so songs. But I wanted to perform them all. They are beautiful, beautiful songs. And I think she's an incredible composer. I think she deserves to be part of the standard canon and what could I do to get to know her better and the answer was well learn it and perform it mm. so we started learning some more we started programming it in a bit more we started looking at all the other composers I think our next hit was Fanny Mendelssohn Nay Mendelssohn her name was Hensel when she was publishing her music and it was extraordinary it was just staggeringly good communication and like the way she could find colors in the sounds and build these worlds where you could hear the hear the text but hear it in the music. Oh my gosh, it was so good. And so then we thought, well, what about English language and what about this and what about that? And we just dug deeper and deeper until we started seeing that we could easily easily make every single recital we did all women composers and still never or barely even scratch the surface of what can what can be found if one looks through these um, semi-ignored or just underrepresented artists and composers so mm. about two years ago maybe I don't know I've lost track of time with COVID uh, maybe course, three years ago maybe a decade ago at this point who knows <laughs> anyways probably about three years ago, we started doing all an all-woman composer program. And it's hard because you end up doing programs where all of the music is going to be new to your audience, which can, it can take a toll on an audience. Like, we all love hearing familiar stuff. It grounds us while we're hearing things that we haven't heard before or while we're trying to take in a bunch of new art. We need some familiarity. It helps us. But we also felt that if we could lean on the familiarity of language, like if you perform Amy Beach 
for English language. And you perform Christine Donkin, the composer you mentioned, who lives on the island. Like I yeah. could drive 30 minutes down the road and go ask Christine about her songs she personally. Yeah. Um, Ellen Mandel, who's in New York. And if I've ever asked her anything, she will respond within an hour on Facebook. Wow. That's amazing. With exclamation marks and enthusiasm that jumps off the page. Just so oh, excited wow. that an artist is appreciating <clears throat> her work. And of, like when you have a composer who's that excited that you're doing their work, you can't help but get excited about doing their work and being like, oh, my goodness, like Mozart has never emailed me. <laughs> Ellen, <laughs> Ellen is all over it. <laughs> like, well, there you go. That's, you a, just, that's the full uh, quote right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just so rewarding to work with living composers. Yeah. And then so rewarding to feel like you can contribute to the tides changing in the correct direction. Mm. Because over the, over the long curve of history, there should be 50-50 representation yes. or there should be a representation that speaks for the population demographic. Yeah. And we are roughly 50-50, so it should be roughly 50-50 between male, yes, female, course. man and woman composer. And so to, as a teacher, share women composers with students, as a performer, share women's composers with audience members and my colleagues, um, I feel like I can use my skills and my training and what I have to offer as a singer to do a little bit more than perform and sing. I can also contribute to a correction that I think is very mm. important. And it's just good music. That's really flipping good music. It really is stunning. Anyone? Absolutely. Oh, it's amazing, right? And like, yeah. Anyone who listens to the podcast or anyone who watches the recital, go and learn more about these women. They are extraordinary, extraordinary composers and people. And like Clara Schumann was this kick butt mum that you read about. And you're like, well, in the 1800s, were we like actually queer embracing parents? Because I love that. Mm. And the fact that like she was totally cool with all of her kids being who they were, including in gay relationships or her divorced son whose children she then raised because divorce mm -hmm. in the 1800s was such a huge deal. I'm right. Like, yeah. I can get on board for that sort of historical figure. And wow. yeah, I want the rest of the world to know that these people really deserve to be in the public conscience more than they are. They are in the public conscience, but they deserve more. So the recital is going to be airing on the Couch and Pack website on October 1st, and you can get your tickets there. It will also become available on demand shortly thereafter, so people can enjoy it on and on. I think it's really a beautiful recital. I was very lucky I got to sit and be your sole audience member when we recorded <laughs> the recital, and what a treat that was. Our audience of one. Audience of one. <laughs> An audience member who claps aggressively to try to, you know, mark the sound cues and things like that. Yeah, to yeah. make, well, you know, and just fill the room yeah. with energy. Go. There you go. You know, I, the there is one there, there is one thing I do want to mention because we're just wrapping yeah. up here. Um, yeah. And that and that is just to briefly talk to the audience about the fact that that I have actually left my, my role as marketing specialist at Couch and Forming Arts Centre and I'm working at Vancouver Opera now. And so it's really, I think, apropos to talk to you about how important 
opera is and how important vocal music is. And so it's something that I, you know, get to do more of. And hopefully, you know, I'll be back to share my thoughts with the couch and audiences in the future as well, too. So, you know, I, I, I did I did want to, want to mention that to, to everyone since we're you know, I mean, we're here. I will I will rebuttal with we were so lucky to have you at the couch of the theater. And we, the whole community, are so lucky to have you now at Vancouver Opera. Because I don't think it's Vancouver Opera benefiting. I think it's BC oh. benefiting from new people coming up from well, opera, new people with new ideas and new stories to tell. And yeah, it makes me excited seeing well, the next. I appreciate Seeing our generation get a voice, actually. We, we do, we do, we do. It's very exciting. <laughs> Anyways, okay. I, thank you. I, I just wanted to address that for the audience because, you know, it's it's might be a little jarring for them or whatever. But now they know. And um, so, so Eve, I wanted to thank you for today for this great conversation. And I, I can think I can speak for all of us that we are incredibly proud of you and the work that you have done, not only to elevate and amplify voices and composers that have not adequately or properly been been heard but also for your tenacity and your courage as a performer to go to sing for the queen for heaven's sake all the way from from Cowichan and I also think it's great that you could honor the teachers that you had in in the valley and I think that we have an incredible incredible collection of hard-working the, folks the valley is extraordinary yeah in terms of the population versus the arts yeah like it we is. have this small, growing, but small population and this rich, rich culture of arts. Yeah. And anyone who's listening, I mean, go have some lessons. Go contribute. Mm -hmm. Go get involved. Go volunteer for the Couch and mm -hmm. Festival. Volunteer at the theater. Yeah, there is absolutely. so much going on. And it is the sort of thing that the more we contribute, the more everybody benefits. So true. It's so true. a gorgeous, the arts world is a gorgeous world. And it has its complications and problems. I, we are all human. But when everybody has arts as a part of their life, mix it in with sports and health and learning and work. But when the arts is a part of everyone's life, we all benefit. So we're going to play one of the, the songs from your recital just because I think it's so beautiful. Oh, to, to oh go. my. I have I, executive decision. We're going to give everyone a preview here. I have to share one of these pieces by um, arranged by Vancouver Island's Christine Duncan. I, the whole recital is absolutely mesmerizing. To, to hear Eve sing so beautifully is a treat that I can, you know, honestly say you will not regret. But let's listen to Come by the Hills. Arranged Ashley, by can I can I cut you off and share a memory really quickly first? Sure, Speaking sure, sure, of sure. seeing someone, the very first time I performed a solo at the theater, I was fourteen. You were oh. eighteen. I was the junior rep. You were the senior rep for festival, oh. and I was so excited. I was with the big kids. I was given oh. like this chance to be on the big theater. And I sang my little piece, which I think lasted maybe 60 seconds. It was the world's shortest <laughs> piece. And I walked off stage and you were backstage and you went, mm, beautiful, oh, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and it meant, it meant so much Oh my to gosh, me. what a memory. So, Thank you. <laughs> oh, I loved it. And just because you were the big kid and all of a sudden the big kid noticed me and supported you. Yeah, yeah, of course, oh, it was, how could we it not? Meant so yeah. much when oh, I was my 14. Goodness. And to come back now at not 14. <laughs> I mean, it's not nearly 20 years later. Can you imagine? Like, oh my God. To have you, yeah, to have you reaching out to the artists around you. And still supporting us and oh, still cheerleading for thank us. Thank you. That's a lovely you memory. What a, what a thought. What a memory. 
so tell it we're gonna listen to come by the hills because it's so beautiful and it's and because of the vancouver island connection christine donkin is the arranger eve daniel reiki avenant on the piano october 1st 7 30 couch and pack.ca eve daniel thank you my pleasure thank you ashley yay So you can head to couchandpack.ca to make sure you get your tickets to Eve, Daniel, and Ricky Avenaugh's beautiful recital. I really think you're going to have a beautiful time. And thank you to Eve for that great conversation. And thanks to you, wonderful audience. I will be back here and there. Who knows? But in the meantime, couchandpack.ca is where it all happens. Over and out.